Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your destination location, with your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Hello and welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We are here live in Edmonton at the beautiful Fairmont Hotel McDonald. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. Good morning, and I am feeling particularly festive because we are in Canada's festival city. Can you believe it? I mean, I know lots of people have festivals, and when they told us that, we were like, oh, yeah, okay. But then we looked at the calendar. Unbelievable. They have so many festivals during the year. I dare say, just looking at the calendar, that if you were to pick a particular day, it's better than 50-50 that there would be a festival going on during that day. And if you picked a day anywhere between late May and mid-September, there's like a 95% chance there's a festival going on. Maybe on the news channel, instead of having the weather, they should have a festival update. Well, it's funny. We were talking with someone in a hotel, and they were like, oh, wait, let's see. Today's Tuesday, so we're done with this festival, and we're on to this festival. You know, there's just so many going on, especially during the summer. And there's such a variety, too. I mean, there's children's festivals, food festivals, music festivals. I mean, just it just goes on and on. And one thing I love about it is we had a chance to go to a couple of them here, and we'll be talking about those later in the show. But they're not just for the people who are particularly into that particular thing that the festival is about. They're set up so that everybody can come. We went to the Folk Festival, and they had it set up so grandparents can bring their grandkids, and there's a place for the kids to dance, and there's a place for this group of people to hang out. It's not just, oh, only come if you're into this. Yeah, it's they, very inclusive. Just to give people an example, just name me a month. I'll read off what festivals they have. Okay, um, let's start. Let's well, let's say August because we're here in August and it's a busy month. Let's what's going on this month in August? Okay, the Blueberry and Country Music Festival, the Heritage Festival, which we went to, delicious. The Folk Music Festival, which we're going to talk about later. The Caribbean Arts Festival. The Dragon Boat Festival, the International Fringe Theater Festival, which we've heard is really Ooh, great. I know. I'm kind of bummed we're missing that. Edmonton Blues Festival, Symphony Under the Sky. Okay, that's just one month. Okay, I'm going to give you another one. What about May? They have Vocal Arts Festival, International Children's Festival, Aboriginal Film and Television Festival. Any month, there's at least two or three festivals going on. And again, during the summer months, there's two or three a week. So now do you have just the bonus of being in Edmonton and all the great activities that we're going to talk about. It's a very family-friendly city, lots of fun things to do. Um, but you also can hit every festival while you're in town. Yeah, and a lot of great things here to do as a family. We're going to be talking about some of the things to do here today. We're going to start with an interview with Jennifer Christensen from the Edmonton Economic Development Corporation. Who pretty much knows everything there is to know about Edmonton. Correct. Then we're also going to hop over to Fort Edmonton Park, which was such a fun experience. We're going to talk to them. A great historical park. And then we're going to head over to the TELUS World of Science. And then we're going to end up at the Edmonton Folk Music Festival. Now, you're probably listening going, hey, wait a minute, you guys. How could you go to Edmonton and not go to the West Edmonton Mall? The number one attraction here in Edmonton. The largest mall in North America. Largest water park. They have an incredible array of things to do just just under one roof. Shopping, entertainment, hotels. We could go on and on, which is why. We're going to save that and do a whole episode on the West Edmonton Mall and the Fantasyland Hotel next week. 
a great option when you go to Edmonton. It'll keep you very busy. We're going to learn all about that next week. Basically, Edmonton's got so much we couldn't contain it in one show. It exploded on us <laughs> and claimed two shows. It's That's that kind right. of a city. It took over. So before we get into all of that, we first have to start with... Hot Topics and Travel. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or check out TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. Next up, Hot Topics in Travel. Questions or comments from the Travel Brigade? Tweet hashtag Travel Brigade or visit TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show here. We are live in Edmonton. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. And we're going to get into some hot topics in travel. Now, it's summertime. True. So everybody's traveling with their children. True. There was a new study out by the University of Minnesota that looked at when families travel or how often they travel based on when school starts in the fall. Okay. So what this study did was they looked at what happens to family travel if school starts before Labor Day. So in August, basically. Basically in August. Okay. We happen to be in a market where school starts before then. Yeah. And so not surprisingly... They found that travel in August and September drops 50%. Okay, not not a surprise, right? No, 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 not, no, because you get your best deals, quite honestly, right after summer break. You notice them, you start to notice them right after the end of August, okay. and then you can get yeah. some good deals. Well, here's, so anyway, yeah, if your kids are starting in August, you want to, you know, get back and get ready. You're not going to go in September if they're already in school. So that wasn't surprising. What was surprising is travel drops by 30% between May and September if your child starts before Labor Day. And I found that surprising because I was thinking, well, okay, if you're starting before Labor Day, you're getting out earlier, so you're going to go in May or June. That, there was actually a drop in May or June. Well, I think that's interesting because one of the reasons I do like the earlier school release is because the heaviest travel months are July and the beginning of August. So if you can get out in June before a lot of the people and schools are out, you generally have a little less crowds when you're out. Yeah, the only and so I was thinking, yeah, people would be traveling more in May or June, but that wasn't the case. The one thing I was thinking might explain it is that if you're in a market where they do the year-round school system, like nine weeks on, four weeks off, or they do a modified year-round where you get a couple weeks in the fall, a couple weeks at hmm. the winter, that maybe you're going to travel during those times because as we were just discussing the best best deals are usually in the fall and the spring true so, so my solution to this i'd love to hear it homeschool your kids and travel all the time <laughs> <There> we go. <laughs> but make sure you have a teacher because you know yeah. <laughs> there's a reason that school time's the most wonderful time of the year <laughs> yes yes so that's that's one story another story i have is about german chancellor Angela Merkel. I hope I'm saying her name right. It looks like Angela, but I usually hear it pronounced Angela. That sounds good enough to me. (laughs) Okay. Now, we've talked before about how Europeans get and take much more vacation than we Americans do. Love that part about the European culture. She is taking two and a half weeks off here during the summer to attend the Wagner Opera Festival. Ooh. We know people who have done that. Yes. And so she... She's taking two and a half weeks off. The German people are 
fine with that because, after all, she's only taking two and a half weeks. I was they're say, they're usually taking five or six. Yeah, I was going to say European standards, that's actually not a very long vacation. Yeah, and, and you know, they're always noting, well, she's got her cell phone with her if, if anything comes up. <laughs> if there's well, an emergency. And and there is something going on. I mean, there, there's this huge crisis over the euro and True. is Germany going to bail out these other countries and things. But nobody's getting all upset about it. And I was thinking about that. Contrast that when there's stuff going on in America and the president takes even a weekend Are you kidding? Away you can't golf without or, permission. Yeah, or, yeah. or plays a round of golf and people are going nuts. saying, why there's it, a crisis. Yeah, yeah, why is, yeah, why isn't he taking care of this? Why is he doing this? So just kind of a very different attitude yes. about vacation. That's true. Again, I would back the Europeans. They take long vacations and... And they definitely take their time off so that they can go back and work. And some of those Europeans we found are coming here to Edmonton, as we found during the week here. We've seen people from a lot of different places. And so coming up next, we're going to talk with Jennifer Christensen from the Edmonton Economic Development Corporation about what is drawing people here. Yep, all the great things to do in Edmonton when we come back. You're listening to The Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. We are loving this city, enjoying all the things there are to do here. And to give you a little bit more information about some of the top attractions here and all of the festivals here, we've got Jennifer Christensen from the Edmonton Economic Development Corporation. Welcome, Jennifer. Glad to hear you're enjoying our city. Oh, it's so beautiful. And we are loving all the festivals. There's one festival after another after another. I'm looking at the calendar. I think if you were to just pick a day at random anywhere in the year, it's more likely there would be a festival going on here than not. How did yes. Edmonton become the festival city? Great question. Edmonton is a fairly northern city, and there's been a lot of discussion about the origins of, of the whole festival concept, and I think part of it is we have these long winters, and people end up being you know, at home, and it's this longing to get out and reach out and reestablish community. I think that's where part of it started, and I think from there we have um, moved to creating festivals through the year, including during the winter, and we say we're live all year because we really do have festivals every month of the year. We've been to some of the top ones here in the summer, the Folk Festival, the Heritage Festival. If you had to pick you know, one for the winter, one for the fall, any particular highlights? I know they're all great, but any, any particularly popular I, ones? Can I, may I quickly go through the year? Sure. Sure. Uh, the summer, I, I mean, I can speak from a personal perspective. We really love the folk uh, music festival, which is going on right now. And for anyone who has the opportunity to go, it's amazing. The lineup is is brilliant, and the crowds are fantastic. John Prine, in fact, has said it's the best folk festival on the planet, and it's it's just magic because you're sitting on this natural amphitheater. The um, skyline of Edmonton is, is you're looking ahead, and it's down, really beautiful. down at the bottom of the hill is the music. And, yeah, it's just really amazing. Lots of little girls in their sundresses dancing with bare feet. It's just it's pretty magical. And, of course, our Fringe Festival, which is uh, the largest and oldest in North America, and um, that's pretty amazing. Uh, moving into the fall, we have quite a few uh, different ones, but one of the ones that I really like is the Edmonton International Film Festival that happens at the end of September, so that's pretty great. And over the last couple of years in the winter, we've been 
working on a winter festival, and it's coming along. And uh, so that one's pretty cool, as well as the Berkebeiner, which is a cross-country ski race, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. So that's sort of, I, I mean, I could go on. We have, we always say we have over 30 major festivals through the year. If I were to do a count, we're probably closer to somewhere between 78 to 80, but we really try to focus on some of the major ones. Well, their page is full. I mean, you look at any magazine or you pick up any of the local attractions magazine, and it just goes on and on and on. It's just, you really could have your pick of, of anything that you want to do here, and it's so fun. It just kind of reminded me when you were talking um, about, you know, we were at the Folk Music Festival yesterday, and it yes. is such a family-friendly environment, and, it, and the whole city is. And tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we're known for that. We're a very welcoming city, and I think specifically uh, with respect to the festivals, uh, there's a commitment to wanting to make them accessible, accessible both from the perspective of financial and also just um, understanding. So it doesn't end up necessarily being a highbrow arts entertainment. It's just People can appreciate it. It's right there. What Besides the festivals, what are some of the top attractions you find that people come here for? Fort Edmonton Park, West Edmonton Mall, Talos World of Science, the Ukrainian Cultural Heritage Village. Um, I could go on and on. We have something called uh, Elk Island National Park, which is just maybe 25 minutes outside of the city. It's just really, really beautiful. It's home to over 250 species of birds, herds of free-roaming plains bison, wood bison, moose, deer, and and elk. And it's pretty amazing. And we all yeah. know. I went out there, um, by the way, and yeah, and just saw a herd of bison. It was, yeah, they're it was they're amazing. beautiful, aren't they? Yeah. And you were speaking about the Fort Edmonton Park and the Ukrainian Cultural Village, and I'm I'm really impressed by how much people are tied into the history here of of the place and how much they celebrate it. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we were established because of our uh, connections through the North Saskatchewan River, and I don't know if you've had an opportunity to um, take a walk through our river valley, but we have Beautiful. the largest. Yeah, we have the largest urban parkland. In, in North America, and we're t- actually the River Valley is 22 times larger than uh, New York Central Park, just to give you some context. So there's yeah. tons we, and tons of uh, trails and so forth to explore. It's really beautiful. To give those of you an idea, we have biked around Central Park in New York, and it takes about an hour. And this is 22 <laughs> times the size. We, t- we took a bike out yesterday, also did a Segway tour, and you can just go and go and go. They've got trails everywhere. Find something new around every corner. Plus, I think, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned the other top attractions. We, we we put them all on our list. They were all great experiences. And I think the thing that shocked me the most is when we came directly from the airport, our first stop was at the West Edmonton Mall, which is such an amazing, huge, I think your number one attraction, which we're going to do a it whole is. show about uh, next week. But the landscape is very uh, suburban. And then we came in the very next day and went to the Heritage Festival, and we could not believe the landscape difference of just 10 minutes being to the River Valley. I mean, it was amazing. Also, another thing I would, wouldn't mind mentioning is Old Strathcona, which is an area within the city. It's both a provincial historic area as well as an arts district. There's a lot of theater, yeah. um, nightclub, it's a lot of fun shopping. Yeah, I went down there yesterday, and I, I took the historical trolley. goes across a nice. bridge, and that's... That's worth the trip alone. Uh, they have these historical trolleys from different time periods, different countries. You ride over the river, and it's just an, an astonishing view. Yes, yeah, such a beautiful place. I would also like to talk briefly, I guess, about the Art Gallery of Alberta, which houses nearly 6,000 uh, permanent pieces of art. Oh, yes, features yes. A lot of world-class exhibits. So. An amazing uh, architecture and, as well. Yeah, the architecture is just even if you just look at it from the outside, it's great. And the thing I really yeah. loved about it was the focus was on either Canadian artists or Alberta artists. I was able to learn all about the 
I, I'm probably saying it wrong, the automotistes who were in Montreal in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. And Did you like it? Yeah, and it was amazing. And then there was one particular artist from the Alberta area and that covered his career. And so I really loved the, the local focus. The building itself um, was designed by an architect named Randall Stout out of the U.S. And he was very, when he was designing the building, he was very focused on um, celebrating what is Edmonton. So it uh, tries to integrate um, representation of our uh, uh, sweeping river valley, um, of our winters, and so forth. So that's good. And also, they have a lot of uh, children's programming throughout the year, including during the summer months when a lot of people are coming to the cities. So tell us, this is such a beautiful city. There's so many things to do. There's festivals, as we talked about, family activities, things for people to do. Where is the best place for people to get a hold of you or Edmonton to plan a trip? They can start by visiting www.edmonton.com. That website is jam-packed with information on things to see and do, and also a lot of information about um, our city, our history, and so forth. As well, we have visitor information centers, and we have a 1-800 number um, that we encourage people to call if they need help planning their trip or they just have more questions. Our 1-800 number is 1-800-463-4667. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining us today. Again, great city. I hope everyone plans to come here. It's so much fun. Thank you so much. You're listening to Travel Brigade Radio. We'll be right back. Have any travel questions? Call the Travel Brigade at 714-694-4109. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We are here live in Edmonton at the Fairmont Hotel McDonald. Such a beautiful place incredible place and we just in the last interview heard about a lot of different places to go things to do here now there are two ways you can handle getting the information on that one you can fumble around to find a pencil and paper as we're saying things and try to write it down and get <laughs> really frustrated and end up but don't do it when you're driving and end up throwing the pencil across <laughs> the room the second one you can go to travelbrigade.com click on the hot sheet and we're going to have contact information and website information about everybody we talk about here today. Yeah, attractions, hotels, places we ate, all sorts of great things there on the hot sheet. One thing that's really interesting here is all of the cool historical stuff that we've been able to do here. Some people might think, oh, that's great. Other people might think, hmm, historical stuff sounds boring. Not. Yeah, our our son who came with us was delighted at each one of these. And so were the two adults that were with him. Yes, yes. And so it's <laughs> Yes, it's learning, but it's really fun learning. Yes. One place we went that I just loved, and it it was one of those pleasant surprises on a trip. I always love those. That you're not expecting, and it turns out so much better than you were expecting. Prairie Gardens, it's this farm about 25 kilometers north of the city, and it is worth the drive, and it's very mom and pop-ish. It's a family-run farm, basically. And it's really fun, and one of the things that, that... stuck out in my mind was uh, when we were there just reiterating that whole kids do not need TVs and video games to enjoy themselves and have a really good time. We had to drag our mini-me away from the place after he was on a tractor in the hay in a corn maze watching a puppet show going to... Sifting for gems. Yes, sifting for gems. Just stuff that... And he didn't even ask. And the best part was the director of fun, Tam Anderson, was telling us, you know, she gets a lot of kids out there that 
they don't even understand that like their food grows in a field. And, oh, speaking and, of which, and what what I loved was we had our son dig up potatoes. That's right. He went to a place, dug them up. They cooked them for his lunch, and he ate them straight. And I've had him eat French fries. I've had him eat mashed potatoes, but I've never yet battled him down to get him to eat a baked potato or a boiled potato or whatever, a plain potato. And you know what I discovered about that is that when it involves our children, I'm pro-child labor. <laughs> I'm against it when it's children in third world countries making shoes and and and. So we put our kids on a farm, make yeah, them work. But when it involves our children, I'm all for it. Yes, it teaches some good discipline. Another place that was really fun was the Ukrainian Cultural Heritage Village. It's an entire village set in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and they have gone to great detail. Even the plants and flowers are from that era. And the pierogies. And the and the pierogies are delicious. And another fun thing about it is. They have actors in there who, it's like you're talking to a Ukrainian person who had just immigrated there in 1912 and is clearing their farmland that they got from the Canadian government, and they're talking to you as if they're that character. It's so incredible. They call incredible. it first-person first interpretation, and it's it's really a lot of fun. And, you know, we had never even heard about it before we went to Edmonton and realized it's one of their top attractions there. Yeah. The other fun thing about it was you got to see a lot of the original structures that they had built. They've imported some of these old churches and things that they built. And they're just incredible. You think about these people were, were coming here and starting with, with nothing in a lot of cases, yet they still managed to build these beautiful churches and homes and things. It's just incredible. Another fun thing is there's a trolley that you can take across the bridge from sort of the downtown area of Edmonton to Old Strathcona, which is the artsy, hip right. uh, area of, of Edmonton. restaurants. Restaurants, and things clubs, there. things like that. Fun little part of the city. Yeah. But what makes it historical is they have taken these old trolleys from different times and places and they run them across and it's a it's a volunteer railway society that does this and it's the highest bridge crossing for a trolley in the world. Wow. And it's a beautiful view of the river as you're crossing it. And one more thing I'm including here in the historical section is the Art Gallery of Alberta. And the reason I'm including it in the historical section is it's a great place to learn about Canadian art history. And I think anyone in the downtown area just looking at the building, it's going to attract you over there. It's such yeah. an amazing, the architecture is amazing. Award-winning architecture, yeah, yes. really beautiful. And coming up next, one of the highlights of our trip for Edmonton Park. Such a fun place. Yeah, we had a great time there. And again, it's a historical recreation of Edmonton at different times during its development. and With interactive people, people that you can ask questions to. There's a hotel, a restaurant, a steam train, a trolley, all sorts of great things. We'll be coming right back with that interview. You're listening to Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Travel Brigade. And now, family travel. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. And one of the really fun things we've been doing while we're up here is we've been to one of the top attractions here in Edmonton, and that is Fort Edmonton Park. Here to tell us more about Fort Edmonton Park is Tom Long. Welcome, Tom. Hello. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Fort Edmonton was such 
a fun experience, very unexpected. We always travel, and there are all these things that we're expecting because we know that are there, and we've heard about them, and we had kept seeing the name for Edmonton Park. But what a surprise and what a fun family trip for the day. Tell us why Fort Edmonton is such a popular attraction in Edmonton. Well, I think uh, Edmonton is always looking for things that Edmonton does better or differently than everybody else. Uh, Edmonton often looks inwards, and uh, sometimes critically and sometimes uh, proudly. And Fort Edmonton Park is something Edmonton can be really proud about because we do living history as well as or better than almost any other site in Canada. And a lot of these people are my colleagues, so they know... uh, I'm speaking of them when I say equally, but um, the scale and the um, and the level to which we uh, are able to interact with our visitors is something not a lot of other places do nearly as well as us. We cover over a uh, hundred years of history with four different time periods, and we have uh, over 50, and really if you include volunteers, over 100 costume staff throughout the park ready to interact with you and be flexible and react to what our visitors will want to hear, what they want to do, and what they want to know. Yeah, that was one of the really fun things about this is as we were walking around, you know, we'd we'd go into a house and there were two girls there practicing writing with, you know, the old quill and ink and showing us how to do that. If we went somewhere else, there were two guys building a fire out in front of their tent. And yeah, they... You can ask them questions, they can tell you things, and it's a really fun way to learn about history. It is, yeah, and completely adaptable, I think, too. A lot of museum exhibits are changeable depending on what artifacts you put in them. Our exhibit doesn't change very often, although we're always adding new buildings and rejuvenating artifact exhibits. But when you add a living, breathing person into that exhibit, it's so different from a a sign because that person can talk about any number of topics. They can use that physical or tangible experience you're having to talk about any number of intangible experiences. And so the experience as a visitor is a living, breathing sign that will talk about anything you want to talk about and interact with you in a way that text uh, or other exhibits don't. And if you have kids, it's such a great experience. We had a a preteen with us, a son, who was so into the muskets, and he was asking all sorts of questions about the muskets and the gunpowder, and they showed him all sorts of great things, pulled down the muskets, showed him where the gunpowder was held, and he was just totally enthralled. It was such a fun experience. And and I think the reason that we thought it was so great is, you know, you go to all these really high-tech experiences when you're, you know, going to theme parks or you're going to all these different experiences, and here is just a historical experience that kids are enthralled by the train and the muskets and by things that aren't on a digital screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. no DS well, required. Well, there's things that actually work not on a computer. Yeah, truth is stranger than fiction, and in a lot of uh, ways, truth is also more interesting than fiction because there are just so many different aspects of it to explore, so fully realized. We're not historical truth. Nobody can be a hundred percent accurate. But the very fact that we're surrounding visitors, especially children, with a three-dimensional world that is so fully realized in terms of their senses, things they can touch and taste and do for themselves, they're going to incorporate that and remember that so much uh, more so than something they read or something they watch because they're a participant, they're acting in it. And that's something people are really looking for today, I think. 
And just to let people know, I mean, you guys really go back in time. There, there are no cars allowed on on the lot. You guys have gone to great detail on this is the kind of thing they would have had here. This is what they would have had here to really make it completely accurate as possible. Yeah, exactly. That immersion aspect is so important for us. Um, you know, we have to, we make allowances. There are modern washrooms and modern conveniences, but wherever possible, these are minimized or hidden so that the immersive experience for the visitor is complete. We often get a, an interesting case with visitors where they'll, they'll sort of point out an inaccuracy for us or something and, or be surprised. They're, they're, they're expecting, they're so surrounded by this experience that a modern thing stands out to them um, uh, starkly. And that's, I think, a credit to us because we've done the rest of the experience so well that um, something is striking them as not so accurate. They're looking for that thing, and it is easy for them to spot. A modern vehicle would immediately bring you out of that experience and remind you that you're in the 21st century, not the 19th. And that's something visitors don't necessarily want. They love that uh, experience, and it's um, very rewarding for them. Speaking of the modern conveniences, I mean, we were there on a sunny afternoon, and we did like being able to go over to the Hotel Selkirk and walk into air conditioning. I have to admit, I'm not a good pioneer. Um, no, but, but tell us a little bit about the hotel. That sounds like a great experience that uh, you could go stay there overnight and, and be there in the park whenever you want. Yeah, I think in a way it's one of those funny things. I consider myself very lucky. I think I have one of the best jobs in the world. I get to spend so much of my time down here working and living in history and visitors might have their own job and their own occupation, their own life, but they want to experience what I get to experience. And the hotel lets them do that in a lot of ways. They get to spend an entire two days down here. They get to immerse themselves in it. They get to feel as if they are a inhabitant of Fort Edmonton Park or inhabitant of one of these time periods because they're sleeping here, they're eating here, they're working here. And the hotel offers this magical experience of being right in the middle of it and and being a real part of it. And uh, I get to do that, but uh, not everybody does and not everybody can, but you get to take a vacation in my world a little bit, and it's uh, it can be magical. What a fun experience. So for anyone who's coming here, definitely put it on your list. Can you tell us where people can contact Fort Edmonton Park and get information on tickets? Yeah, the best place uh, to go is our website, www.fortedmontonpark.com. It's a really well-constructed website, and we have a great social media presence as well. Our Facebook and our Twitter are very active. We do historical blogging. We advertise about upcoming special events. And all the information you need to rent a building, visit the park, to uh, go to the hotel and stay there, or even things to customize your visit or have an experience having to do with Fort Edmonton at home, you can do so on our website. I'm really proud of it, and I think people should go check it out. All right, and if you didn't write that down, just go to our webpage, TravelBrigade.com, where we'll have contact information for all of today's guests. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure. This is Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, and now family travel. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is your weekly travel and destination show coming to you live from Edmonton at the Fairmont Hotel McDonald. 
What a beautiful city. I can't believe the views. Just look at the river. It's a beautiful view from up here at the Hotel McDonald. In the last interview with Fort Edmonton Park, we talked about the Hotel Selkirk. The fun thing about it is it's set in 1920s style, but it's got modern <laughs> conveniences. It's we got the air conditioning. We air conditioning, awesome. <laughs> all of that. So you get to, you know, pretend like you're in 1920s and enjoy the style of that period but then if you want to cool down you've got air conditioning or whatever a you great need. restaurant there we had lunch at it was really fun it's a great option if you want something you know on site and historic there also the fantasyland hotel we're going to talk a lot more about that next week and our west edmonton mall episode but such a fun place uh they have regular i would say typical hotel rooms along with specialized suites that we'll get into next week. Really fun. And then, of course, we're here at the beautiful Fairmont. Always a choice when you go to Canada. We love the Fairmonts. Yeah, we've had some great experiences with customer service at Fairmont, usually involving really stupid things we did, and then they, they bailed have to us fix out. Them for us. Yeah. <laughs> they bailed us out. The historical buildings, the service, especially in Canada, it's it's one of the great options when you come here. Anytime yeah. to visit Canada, just go to Fairmont. Yeah, this particular building dates back to 1915, and I was able to see some pictures yesterday of uh, Edmonton back during that period, and for a long time, this was the only building up here. Now it's, of course, surrounded by other buildings, but it really is a a piece of Edmonton's history. Well, they call it the Chateau on the River. You have beautiful views from the hotel, but when you're anywhere else across the river, it's a beautiful landscape. You can see the hotel. It's really beautiful. And they have a confederation room with a deck out in back that overlooks the river and you can go out there and get Jeff your, can get a Caesar get a Caesar which is if you haven't been to Canada you, and you come here you've got to try one the national drink the national practically. drink <laughs> and you can sit out there get some drinks get some appetizers and look at the river look at the beautiful flowers they have out there great way to spend an hour to or more. One of the things I really like about Fairmont is they're also very family friendly. A lot of people look at Fairmonts because of the historical hotels. They think of it as a special couples retreat or honeymoon retreat when actually they really go out of their way to welcome families. They have welcome kits for families at the Hotel McDonald. They've just redesigned their menu to have healthier options for kids that are also quite delicious. Our mini meat ate it all up and also delivered a special size robe to the room just to include him to have a robe and slippers just like us. So it was really, I think they really go out of their way to include families. Well, and I think the entire city of Edmonton goes out of its way to make this a family-friendly destination. That's true. We did a lot of fun things on this trip that were uh, great things that you can do with kids. One is Elk Island National Park. It's just a little bit of a drive out of Edmonton. And one thing that's really cool there is that you're going to probably see bison, elk, or moose the day not I would. Not just one. Herds. And not just one, herds, and right off the road. And then, of course, there's a lot of hikes you can do and different outdoor things that the kids are going to enjoy. Now, not bison, but you can also see dinosaurs. You can, at Jurassic Forest. What a fun place. It's out by Prairie Gardens. That was one of the things I forgot to mention when we were talking about Prairie Gardens before, is it's a great combo trip because they're really close together. But it's a really, really fun place. You actually go out. They're animatronics. Uh, they're out. You do loops in the forest, and you run into all sorts of dinosaurs. And believe it or not, little mini-me was sitting there telling me about the different names of the dinosaurs and what 
what category they're in. And I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, because I have no idea what he's talking about. But I went along thinking that, you know, he probably knew what he was talking about because he was identifying all the dinosaurs. And again, they were learning without realizing that they're learning. You're yeah. sneaking it in on them. And Minnie was convinced that they're real. Yeah, they they do look very, very lifelike. He was really concerned they might come out of the forest. And you can actually, <laughs> at the end, you can actually ride one. That's true. So that was a lot of fun. That's a really fun place to go. Another fun thing is we've talked a little bit about this North Saskatchewan River Valley. And the beautiful. It, the very beautiful. Yes. And it's 22 times the size of New York Central Park, which if you've ever been there, that seems incomprehensibly huge. Very big. And there are trails all throughout it. So you can go bike riding down there if you've got access to bikes. But a really fun thing that I did was a Segway tour through there. There's a great place called River Valley Adventures, and it's right by the Hotel McDonald or just right below the Shaw Conference Center, right down by the river. And you go there, and they teach you to ride the Segway. The guy who does the tours is really nice, really accommodating, gets you nice and comfortable on the Segway. And once you know how to ride one, they're incredible. And you can zip around the valley, and he takes you around and shows you different things, explains different things to you. So you get a Segway tour and the beautiful valley. Yes, yes. And so I would highly recommend that to anybody. And by the way, again, all these places we're mentioning, you can find their contact information on our webpage, travelbrigade.com. Hot sheets. Just click on the hot sheet. One of our other favorite places that we went to is the TELUS World of Science. That was really fun. Yep. And it's going to be even more fun come the fall when they get the Star Wars Identities tour there. Yeah, that is the new hot, hot thing that's out right now. It's in Montreal, and it's moving to Edmonton. It'll be there from October through April. It's going to be a really fun run. And we're going to tell you more about it in this upcoming interview. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, Check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin coming to you from Edmonton. And one of the fun things that our son really enjoyed while we were up here is the TELUS World of Science. What a fun place. He just ran around doing all the different exhibits. They've got all these interactive things for kids to do. This kills me. They're learning and they're enjoying it. I know. What's that all about? No DS is required, (laughs) like I said before. And here to tell us more about it is Donalda Pelton. Welcome, Donalda. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Tell us why the um, Science Center is such a big exhibit, why people come there, why it's so popular. It gives a chance for everyone to experience and learn about science in a fun way. So everything that we put on the floor, bring in as a film or traveling exhibition, has interactive hands-on components so that people are learning while they're enjoying the the exhibition. We were able to do some of the exhibitions there. We went to the robots one that was uh, just up. Uh, Yeah, robots is uh, a feature exhibition we have until September the 9th. And uh, it's based on the movie, Robots, and it gives a chance for people to learn and experience more about what robots are all about. 
so they have a chance to interact with some uh, robots you might use at home and then uh, have an opportunity to actually you know build some robots out of Lego and also dominoes to uh, to see what the cause and effect is of certain elements in programming a robot and we really liked the bodies exhibit um, it's kind of constructed around being like an old-time circus, and you, you go around and learn different things about the human body. That was really fun, too. Yeah, that's one of our most popular exhibitions we have. That's one of our permanent-themed uh, galleries, The Body Fantastic. And, yes, it is a carnival theme. As you're going through, you learn everything about the human body, including the most popular, the gallery of the gross of what the body produces. And uh, <laughs> That was gross, and, but very fun. <laughs> In a fun way, and last year we introduced Robothespian, an uh, interactive robot in that uh, in the theater area in that gallery. That there's programmed um, elements that teaches you about the body, but then there's other things that you can program the robot yourself. Now you're going to be having a new exhibit focusing on environmental sciences coming? Yes, the Greens House, the well-loved Greens House that we've had here for since 2001 has just shut down and in October we're opening up a brand new um, environment gallery. There'll be four different focuses of the gallery from um, you know the ice components, storms, uh, the ecosystem and everything will be hands-on including in the center of the exhibition a six-foot large uh, sphere that will be interactive that our staff can show you real-time activity happening around the world. So we're looking forward to that. You also have these amazing IMAXs there, and I was so lucky. I got to see Wild Arctic, and it was so beautiful. It was so, you know, so majestic looking at that screen and the the beautiful cinematography. So beautiful. And there's a couple of options you have there with IMAX. Yeah, that's the beauty of IMAX. The screen is six stories uh, wide and four stories high, so whatever's projected on it gives you a sensation of actually being there. So you get a close-up view of these images, which is quite spectacular. And right now for the summer, we do have To the Arctic and then Born to be Wild, and we just opened up Hubble, which gives um, images that were taken from the Hubble telescope. So this is a chance for people to see what's happening up in our deep space and uh, in the universe and these in this large screen. Now, I saw some construction going on there, and I heard that you guys are getting the Star Wars exhibition. Is that true? Uh, yes. We're building a new feature exhibition to be able to house these blockbuster exhibitions, and the first one in there will be Star Wars Identities. Very I, excited. I was going to say, it. I, I happened to be in Montreal not too long ago, and let me tell you, it is amazing. So for that reason alone, you guys have a pretty long run from what I hear. Yeah, October 27th until April the 1st. It'll be running daily throughout that whole time. And I've heard some of the tickets even the first few weekends were almost sold out. Uh, yeah, the uh, there's maybe just a few in the evenings, but during the day for the opening weekend, we're all sold out, um, but still some tickets available in the evening. And, of course, the second weekend, we're in the same situation. So we're recommending buy early and buy in advance. Now, can you tell people what that is? Because I think a lot of people, I mean, you know, they hear Star Wars, and of course immediately they're interested in. But tell us a little bit about the exhibition and why it's so unique. This is the first time that uh, Lucasfilms has actually partnered with uh, 
X3 Productions to put together an exhibition. And this one's all about identity, of finding out what makes you you based on the characters from Star Wars. It will feature 200 artifacts and props from the actual movies, and some that we've never seen before. Uh, if you remember seeing the helmets from the Stormtroopers, it's the first time they've showcased all four showing the progressive over the years of uh, how they look so differently, and you can really see the um, high tech they've become. But the most unique part is as you go through, you wear this electronic bracelet, and there's 10 different uh, areas where you download information based on your own personal views. And then at the end, you download it into a computer, and you've created your own unique Star Wars characters, which then you can email to yourself. And there's a poster marquee kind of looking thing, and it gives you all the information based on the, inf uh, the Im info you inputted into your bracelet as you were going through the exhibition. And spoiler alert, Kathleen did this in Montreal and wound up on the dark side. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, my it's little. It's always fun. I know it was very fun. If people want to know more about coming to that exhibit or just coming to the science center in general, where can they contact you? Where can they find you? They can purchase tickets and find information on our website, which is talusworldofscienceedmonton.com. And we also have the phone number that they can call to purchase tickets or get information: seven eight zero four five one. 3344. Thank you very much, Donalda. Oh, you're very welcome. This is Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. Have you friended Travel Brigade yet? Well, you can at their website with links to Twitter and Facebook, as well as lots of great articles for all your travel needs. www.travelbrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin here with your weekly travel and destination show. And every time we visit a new place, at some point, we've got to eat. We do got to eat. So we're going to call this next segment, We Got to Eat. <laughs> Which isn't hard in Edmonton. Yeah, a lot of great places. It's, it's more of where do we not eat is the question. But it's such a, a great place for food. We were able to try such a variety of food. And we'll be talking about that. Yeah, there's so many different influences that you can find here. True. One place we went that was really fun was the Dish Bistro. They kind of bring a lot of different things together. For instance, I had a lime roasted chicken salad wrap, and it brought all these different tastes together. And they have a lot of different unique things. They've got duck pot pie. Just a fun place to go try something new and different. Now, wouldn't you think a grilled cheese sandwich is pretty basic? How much can you do with that? I mean, you can make them at home, right? Yeah. Okay, no. This one was so amazing. It was grilled cheese with a fig paste and some sautéed onions. So delicious. If I could make it at home, I would, but it was so good at the dish. Another place that was really fun to eat was Prairie Gardens, which we talked about before. Yeah, we actually had everything straight off the farm. I mean, there was berries, vegetables. We had a salad. We had a kebab. Yeah, and one thing I really loved was they grill zucchini, and you can have grilled zucchini sliders. True. And those were some of the best sliders I've ever had. They had this sauce and the, the grilled taste, and I loved it. was I one of their specialties. It. Talk about farm to table. Yeah. Within minutes. Yes. <laughs> A slightly less healthy but no less delicious option that I tried was Fat Frank's, which is a mm. famous uh, hot dog cart stand 
here in Edmonton. This one was down on White Avenue in the old Strathcona district. The Honey Ham Smoky is one of the hot dogs they're famous for. They're also going to be opening soon in the West Edmonton Mall, and they're at a lot of the festivals, too. One of those fun places to go. And Edmonton has a huge Asian influence on their food as well. I got hooked on dim sum all over town. I was drinking bubble tea several times a day, and I was hooked every time I turned around. There was really, really great Asian food. Again, we mentioned the Confederation Room here at the Hotel McDonald. Great place to just sit back, enjoy some popcorn, get oh, yeah, some we got appetizers. Something to drink. A burger. We got yeah. a burger. We got this great appetizer with the different dipping sauces. Just sit there and watch the river run. Beautiful. Now, we talked about all these different influences. One place we found them all coming together was at the amazing Heritage Festival. It was fun and we were full. Yes. <laughs> and they had each group of people who has come to Edmonton from a different country creates their own tent with you know things from their country and serves food from that country authentic food now we came here expecting to see ukraine we came here expecting to see china we came here expecting to see you know a few others we did not come here expecting to see dozens of places zimbabwe zimbabwe ecuador people have come from all over to live here in northern alberta we ate our way through the festival literally yeah. You know what I noticed a lot of different peoples have in common is some sort of delicious bread, <laughs> often fried. <laughs> how, can you, how, how can you go wrong with fried bread, no matter where you're at? <laughs> yes. And, or really any kind of carb. You, yes. can't, you can't rest on the carb. But yeah, there was, there was chocolate dipped bananas from, from some of the South American countries. Iraq was there. Zimbabwe was there. Um, Egypt, Aboriginal food. We had buffalo skewers. We went to France and had crepes. We went to Ireland and had soda bread. Stopped by England for some scones. Pretty much ate our way through the festival. I think there was 50 booths and we ate at 49. Yes, something, <laughs> something along that, something along those lines. And they couldn't fit into our clothes the rest of the trip. Another place that had some great food in different booths available was the Edmonton Folk Festival that we That's went to. That's true. That was such a fun environment. The fun thing about the Folk Music Festival is on this, it's on this beautiful hill in the River Valley. You get there, you take a blanket, you find yourself a spot, you go get some food, and you sit down and listen to this great music. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it was set up as so many of their festivals seem to be so that all different types of people could enjoy it. There was a place by the stage where kids could go dance. There were different activities. We saw grandparents there. We saw grandkids there. We saw pretty much anybody and everybody there. That's true. Coming up next, we've got an interview with the Folk Festival. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. To Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host Jeff Griffin. And we have been enjoying the beautiful city of Edmonton this week. And one of the highlights was getting to go to the 
Edmonton Folk Festival. Here to tell us more about it is Silvio Dobri. Welcome, Silvio. Uh, good morning, Jeff. Tell us a little bit about the history of this festival and how it came to be built up to the point where I know there are many sort of on the, the insiders who would call this the best folk festival there is, period. The festival has been going on for 32 years, and over the years it just picked up a lot of, a lot of uh, interest from uh, beyond Edmonton, and for the last 15 years we've, we've always sold out. And part of the reason for the success is the location that's right in the... Uh, the river valley of, the, of our city, and uh, it's the fact that we are getting a lot of really uh, well-known performers to come here. Yeah, what what is it that draws the, you know, this year you've got Bonnie Raitt, Emmy Lou Harris. What is it that draws them here that they want to come come play this festival? Well, the performers who come, partly the performers who come here in the past, you know, they talk among themselves, and, and we've always uh, heard um uh, them say that it's one of the best festivals they've ever been to. Part of it is uh, our great volunteers handle all the uh, responsibilities connected with the patrons as well as the performers. And uh, we, we, we have an army of about 2,200 volunteers doing all this sort of work. And it goes on for four days in, uh, every August. Tell us, we noticed we were there last night. There's just so many families there. There's babies there. There's young families, there's elderly people, there's such cross-generational. Why Why is it such a family-friendly festival? Well, we've always had, um, we've had programs for kids so that even during the festival we have uh, a crew of volunteers who work with kids with face painting and, and games and so that, um, you know, a family with a couple of kids can actually leave uh, their kids at the in the play area for for a short while while they go and catch a, a workshop or whatever and um, they're always looked after and we always have a lot of good volunteers and and uh, good security so that no uh, unfavorable incidents take place. Another part of the reason for that is that kids get in free up to the age of 11. Uh, they get in free. Oh wow! I, I didn't you know, realize as long that. as as long as they're they're accompanied with an adult. Sure. And until this year, and until this year, even seniors were allowed in free. Oh wow! All okay. they all they had to do was just uh, show proof of their age. Oh, terrific! If they were if they didn't have any hair. <laughs> and if and I know this sells out early uh, June. I think believe it's June, sold out June first. If people are planning to come in 2013, where can they contact the festival? Where can they find out about getting tickets? Well, they can first of all go to our website, which is uh, org, and they'll get an idea as to who's coming to the festival. We have a press announcement um, several days before June 1st, and uh, on June 1st, tickets go on sale um, at the Folk Festival office where people can come in and, and take them up and in person, or they can go to the um, Ticketmaster website and uh, and uh, buy tickets through there. Like I said, for the last 15 years, we've sold out every year, and um, this past year we, we sold out in less than nine minutes. Oh wow! And we sold we sold. Uh, um, there's about 12,000 tickets per day. That includes passes for the whole weekend and single tickets that you can buy just for the 
uh, concert each each evening. Well, thank you so much for telling us all about that. We really enjoyed having you. Thank you, Silvio. You're quite welcome, Kat, uh, Jeff. I'm glad that you enjoy the uh, folk festival. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel destination show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. And we have come to that part of the program where we have to do the very difficult task, in this case, of picking our top three choices of what we did here for He Said. She Said. As always, She Said goes first. Always such a difficult task when we have such a great place to pick from, but I am going to start with Fort Edmonton Park. Yeah, we knew we were going to get some history when we visited there. We didn't know we were going to have so much fun getting some history. That was true. It was very fun. The steam train was really fun. We went to each one of the streets, the 1920s street. Yes, and mine is my number three is very similar. The Ukrainian Cultural Heritage Village, a, a very similar experience focusing on all the Ukrainians who came over and cleared the land in the middle of nowhere at the time, pretty much, and made this thriving society. Let's just face it, it was the pierogies that tipped you over on that one. Well, that that certainly didn't hurt. My number two, can't help it, I'm in Canada, and I have to go to a Fairmont. I love the Fairmonts. They are great hotels, beautiful hotels, historic hotels, with some of the best service around. My number two is what you look down upon from the Fairmont McDonald, and that is the North Saskatchewan River Valley and doing a Segway tour through there. My number one, 49 booths and counting, the Heritage Festival. I heard the food was good before I got here. I had no idea. We kept buying more tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we worked our way through a lot of tickets. I heard there was they broke a record, as a matter of fact, that they ran out of printing. They had to reprint more tickets because there were so many people buying tickets. And actually, believe it or not, for as many people that were there and for as many booths as they had, there really wasn't very many long lines. So we were we were chucking through those booths, just one after another, eating a lot of food. Mini-Me loved the food. He picked out his own booths with his own food and just lots of kids having fun couldn't have been a better day in a beautiful environment. It's one of the very few places, if not the only place, where you can sit there and go, okay, I want falafel from Egypt, and then I want a crepe from France, and then I want a buffalo skewer. Some rose water (laughs) from Sri Lanka. Yes. (laughs) Well, my number one was one of those fun, unexpected things that you get to do on a trip. Those are always fun. And that was Prairie Gardens. I know you really, I mean, Jeff really liked Prairie Gardens. And it is delightfully small time. Delightfully fun. Delightfully fun. It's it's this little family-run farm with all these little things to do for kids. And it really, it kind of took me back to my childhood when we used to go out to my grandfather's farm. And your own kids, who probably haven't had that experience, they'll get to find out where their food comes from. And not only that, but they had so many festivals coming up in the next little while there. They're doing tons of stuff in September, October. I am tempted to trade in some frequent flyer miles. Head back up. Fly up to Edmonton for one day and do nothing but shoot pumpkins out of the pumpkin cannon at Prairie Gardens and then 
get on the plane that evening and come right back. You're going to have to turn in more than one set of frequent flyer miles because Minnie Me was salivating when he saw that pumpkin shoot. He was so bummed out when he found out they weren't going to do it until October. He's like, <laughs> He's like oh. where are the pumpkins? Where are the pumpkins? <laughs> yeah, you, you have to grow the pumpkins first before you can shoot them. But a really, really fun place. And I just want to mention that the reason we didn't put anything here on our top list from the West Edmonton Mall is because we're going to have a whole bunch of picks next week during our West Edmonton Mall show. Could not contain it within one episode. So we divided to divide things up and talk about Edmonton in one episode and then do West Edmonton Mall for another episode. So if you are planning a trip to Edmonton, make sure that you get all these great things in, plus the West Edmonton Mall. And if you want to know more about that, tune in next week. And in the meantime, there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whichever one you're in, make sure you join us next week for the Travel Brigade radio show. And make sure you tune in next week to our West Edmonton Mall show. See you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Travel Brigade on Blog Talk Radio. Listen live every Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Contact us on Twitter, Facebook, and at TravelBrigade.com.